Welcome to another episode of In the Pen, part of the Pitchless Podcast Network, a podcast about relievers. I'm your host, Callan Elslager, and as we're recording this, we are currently watching the Houston Astros fight back in the series and take a, a four-game lead thanks to uh, Bradford blowing it for the Rangers, as we do all predicted the Rangers bullpen is uh, biting them in the butt. But uh, on this episode, we will break down the division series in the early parts of the championship series any bullpen standouts from those as well as some of the latest news because we did get a little bit of news to recap and if we have some time maybe throw some uh, league leader takeaways or things to carry over for next season but before we do that i will welcome in as usual rick graham and jake crumpler guys i know this postseason's been kind of uh controversial but it's been a lot of people mm. saying it hasn't been as exciting how are you guys enjoying the uh championship series so far i I mean i have no complaints from a viewership standpoint um i think they've been they've all been entertaining for one way or another even if you know game two with the phillies and diamondbacks it was a blowout sure but i mean still you know kind of fun to watch that phillies lineup just cook like they like they can and then last you know or earlier today um this thursday we Saw one a two to one game with a walk off in the ninth by Kettle Marte. So yeah, both both games you know different, but both you know entertaining and there there's you know a lot to watch in these. And uh, I just want to say I'm just you know proud of myself for going four for four last week and <laughs> or two weeks ago in the picks and getting <laughs> everyone right in the division series. That's that's got to be a first for me. Yeah, I'm kicking. <laughs> I'm kicking myself over that one because I I had such an easy out to just go bet against the Dodgers because, I mean, why not? Even if they were favored, I think I should have gone with them. But I tried to do the unbiased analytical decision, which, you know, never really pays off, especially when betting against the Dodgers in the playoffs. But I also could have gone four for four if not for that. But yeah, I, I can see why people are saying it's not exciting. The first two rounds weren't close. We had a complete sweep of the wild card round and then the division series we only had two four game uh matchups and then now we're in the championship series and there's not really many juggernauts left there's none of the 100 win teams left and and so far the two teams had taken 2-0 lead so it seemed like another uh round that might go by pretty quickly but i I think it's turning around um this Rangers Astro series looks like it's going to be a tight one. And I think the Phillies are just ex- exciting to, f- exciting to watch all the mm-hmm. time. So I don't really think it matters who they face, but it, it should be interesting the rest of this championship series and, you know, world series in a week or so. Definitely. We can help go on for this entire show about whether or not the top teams should be getting this long of a layoff and all that stuff that's gone on Twitter. But that's not what we do here. We talk about relievers, but I agree. It's been an exciting postseason so far i'm glad to see as we're recording this the diamondbacks took game three so they'll be playing a bullpen game in game four which we'll get to in a little bit as well as the rangers uh bullpen doing what they've been doing all season and allowing the astros to get back in the series and as we're recording this possibly tie this up but before we go through all of this postseason bullpen usage and standouts we want to cover a little bit of news the first we'll start off with the the lesser good news, Michael Fulmer was just announced he will have UCL reconstruction and miss all of 2024 for the Cubs. It wasn't likely that he was going to be the closer for the Cubs based on Owsley's usage and what the Cubs may do in free agency. But this is someone who we had some interest in, at least going into this season and maybe as a hold candidate for Cubs. So obviously it's early. 
anything to really take away from from Fulmer being out? Yeah, I mean, he he was going to be a free agent this year or this off season. I I think he was going to be probably was probably looking at another one year, five six million dollar contract. But I, I still think you know he he struggled at points this this season, but there's still. You know, I still kind of liked him as being a, a potential sleeper, you know, depending on where he landed, obviously, and, and free agency. But there's still some skills there. And um, this is now going to be he he, he, went on, he he had Tommy John not too long ago. Right. So this is, you know, um, definitely not not a great, obviously not a great for for his career. And um, hopefully he's able to, I'm sure we'll see him sign one of those like two year deals with a team like the Dodgers. They love mm-hmm. to do that. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They love, they love to, to do that. So, um, hopefully he lands in a good spot where he can, uh, yeah, rehab and come back in 2025. What pitching well. Yeah, he'll be in in his age 32 season. And at this point, I feel like he's more of like a middle of the pack reliever. So I feel like with guys like that, it's pretty difficult for them to really get a lot of interest in free agency, especially because he'll either, you know, be executed in a, in a club option, like you mentioned with the two year deal, or he will have to fight his way through free agency again in a, a couple of years. But yeah, I, I, I don't think there's tons of hope for him to become fantasy relevant again, but I'm sure there will be a point where he can help out a team uh, in, in some fashion, whether that be as in a depth role or just as, as a middle reliever. The other news that came out this week or in the past two weeks was kind of a shock. One of our preseason darlings for fantasy, Trevor May, has officially retired. He goes out as the Oakland A's leading save candidate. He was going to be a free agent, but I figured he would try and... Uh, push it through had some choice words about the Oakland A's uh, ownership group which was uh, refreshing to hear I I was happy to hear him say that but pitching wise he was a real dominant reliever at times since time with Minnesota and New York he was a great uh, setup man fireman type role and then he ends his career getting a few chances to save out games and being a team's closer so really good career I'm sure he'll end up in baseball somehow whether it's media broadcasting whatever he's a great baseball mind so um jake is the president west coast guy a's partial fan anything you want to add to trevor may's career yeah i mean he, he had a pretty solid career definitely better than i was in my major league career which was uh <laughs> non-existent but yeah he wrapped up his career with a uh, career high with 21 saves in the final season he had never had more than four prior to that so that was pretty cool um but yeah, I think this is a guy that, I mean, you, you suggested that he might work in baseball. I feel like this is a guy that the fact that he's retiring this early in his career and has dealt with mental health stuff this past season, I feel like this is a guy that like steps away from baseball and just sort of focuses on his family. And he's got this streaming, so it's like he's got mm-hmm. that that source yeah. of income and stuff. And I feel like he probably just wants to, to lay low and play video games and stuff. And you know what? I cannot blame him at all. But yeah, I, to me, this seems like a guy that probably doesn't go work for a team or be a... a an advisor in any sort of way, but yeah, he, he's a, he's a super dope guy. I, I think it's, it's cool that he's was such a great reliever and a pretty underrated one at that, but also that he, he's a, a really cool guy. Um, seems like a, a really nice and, uh, like real, real dude. Um, but yeah, uh, sad to see him go. Cause I, I thought he brought a lot to the game, just that sort of outsider's perspective from the inside of the game where he was yeah. able to sort of remove himself from being that, like a big league pitcher um, and, and still have that 
perspective of just like being uh, a regular citizen that that's just like playing the game that he loves. And so I, I always thought that was really cool. And, and the fact that he was able to make a name for himself by streaming and being like a personality on the internet, I thought that was very interesting, especially as sort of like a, a foil to Trevor Bauer, where it's like, we, we sort of get this idea of guys that are sort of taking advantage of their um, status as a baseball player and sort of trying to build a, a media empire outside of that. And he sort of was the foil to that in that not only was he not like pushing super hard to like get super famous in that way, but he was just showing what the other side of the the coin can be in terms of like media creation as an active major leaguer. And I, I think he uh, definitely brought a side to the game uh, and of baseball players that we don't really get to see. And I thought that was really great. Yeah, that's all. That's well said. Um, he's definitely he was definitely one of the better uh, Twitter followers uh, followers, you know, amongst active major league players. Um, mm-hmm. Always had you know interesting things to say, and but you know trying to p- push the game through positivity. And uh, actually, I mean, one of his t- his t- t- A's teammates, Brent Rucker, has actually been a pretty interesting oh, yeah. person to follow yeah, recently. Yeah. A little off topic, but yeah, if you uh-huh. Brent Rucker's been been great to follow getting the kind of an inside look at you know the mind of a major leaguer and you know the stuff that they they really go through in the grind and you know if you want to also debate analytics and all that there's there's a lot there as well but um yeah with may i mean he had a shorter i mean a shorter career only let's see less than nine nine Mm -hmm. years ten years yeah i can't do math um (laughs) 27% 27% strikeout rate throughout his career, though. That's that's definitely... That's very good. Um, it was nine years because he had Tommy John surgery in 2017. Okay. So I was... Okay. You I got it. I, 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 no, I, I didn't even see that, that he missed that year. So that was just... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Not a math pod. Not a math pod. We've, we've stated that. Oh, not a I think pod. He, not a math pod. I think yes. he still gets the 10 years of service time because I, I, I remember him... Tweeting yeah. something out about getting the the card, the gold oh. card that allows him to go to uh, whenever whatever game he wants to. Yeah, I that's bet you. Be, I bet he does. Yeah, that's gotta be the coolest feeling getting oh, yeah. that card. Like I would, I would abuse the heck out of that. <laughs> that's just, probably why he retired after this. He just yeah, got the card. And he was just he like, I'm, card, like yeah. I'm good. I'm, I played for the A's for a year. I've done enough in baseball. I, I've, uh-huh. I can. I've you, done all I can. You get a lot yeah. of perks. Yeah, that ten when she hit ten years and. Um, I mean, his stuff did also just like kind of fall off the face of the earth this year. But it's good. I mean, good for him for having 21 saves and keeping his ERA under four, right? Yeah, 3, 3.28. 5.69 Amazing. X-Fit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good Good for him, though. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's a, that's a fun, fun career. And yeah, one of the better setup men over the last five years. So let's uh, we'll take Trevor May, the former Minnesota Twin, and move over to the postseason recap bullpen standouts. His former bullpen mates out in Minnesota, they lost in four games to the Houston Astros. The one series that I got right with uh, my predictions. So while you guys were talking about getting three out of four, almost four out of four, or four out of four, yeah, I got one. So uh, we'll try and bounce back when we get to the um, possible World Series predictions. But like I said, Astros won this series in four games. A lot of exciting uh, you know, bullpens and usage for both sides. Uh, Rick, let's start with you. Any standouts from... Uh, you can pick which one you want to start with uh, bullpen-wise for either of these two teams. Um, 
Yeah, let's. I mean, Presley and Abreu, obviously, the, the those two guys dominated last the last series, and um, they've been pitching pretty well this series as well. But um, you know, last series they combined for five point one innings with thirteen or with twelve strikeouts. Again, math or um, <laughs> twelve strikeouts and only two hits allowed. Uh, two saves from Holt Presley, two holds from Abreu. Um, it wasn't what was the there was a crazy staffer, Abreu. He let up his yeah, first run. Oh, yeah, what, what is that? He, one? he had not allowed a run since July 15th. A streak yeah. of let's see, <laughs> that was how many innings 27 and two thirds during the regular season, and then three and a third more in the division series before he allowed a run in the championship series. So, yeah, he was uh, he was he was pretty crazy. I think it was like uh. 30 something appearances. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. I feel like he always, the playoffs, when playoffs come around, he, he just like shows up and just dominates. I, I feel like this is two years in a row, at least uh, where he, he's been a kind of a focal point of their bullpen at the end of games. So um, yeah, he, those two pitched well on the other side, Griffin Jacks had a good series, had a pretty good playoffs in, in general, um, which is good to see. Cause he was a little up and down at the, the tail end of the the regular season um and then yeah chris paddock i mean <laughs> six k's and 3.2 innings uh only a one hit allowed i do wonder what his role is going to be next year i'm sure he's going to get a chance to start but again mm-hmm. and we've talked about it i just i he'd be fun as a reliever i feel if that would ever to happen yeah that was one of the the big questions i had uh researching the bullpens here um I'm trying to figure out who might be in the rotation next year for them, uh, for the twins specifically. They got Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock, and Louis Varland. And I mean, unless they sign somebody, I, I think uh, Sonny Gray is set to be a free agent. So yeah. that's probably the big one there. And, and also Kenta Maeda. So, and Tyler Molly and Dallas Keuchel. So they are losing some starters. So I guess that does open Paddock to get into the rotation which is sort of unfortunate so yeah i mean that that seems pretty set there because even if they do sign uh, a starter they they could put louis down louis varland in the bullpen or put him Mm -hmm. in the uh minor leagues but yeah those are two guys paddock and varland that are going to be interesting to watch in terms of where they end up varland i don't i don't even think he pitched in the um playoffs i don't know why he wouldn't have he, he pitched in the he pitched in the wild card series um, oh but he didn't pitch in the division series okay I mean, yeah but th- yeah. both of those guys are are interesting to consider like where they end up in terms of on the team um because both of them definitely have a, a shot to be in the rotation right now but if they do make some additions which after this playoff run that they really haven't had any any sort of success in the playoffs before they might go buy some more i mean obviously the rotation is not somewhere where they need to invest in the team but those are two guys that if they do end up in the bullpen could really be interesting not as like a closer guy because they do have yohan duran but as setup men or long relievers those guys could be very interesting yeah i'm very curious for particularly those two guys what their role is going to be they had a dominant postseason they were both extremely useful when they were brought in Sunksy Kenta Maeda, struggle like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was used as kind of the early guy after Joe Ryan only went a couple innings. So, you know, they tried to extend him out and just uh, 
didn't have his his usual stuff. So an exciting yeah. series. Houston, their bullpen, that's just very, very good. Besides Hector Naris, who struggled, well, but hey, they'll, they'll figure it out. Also, in, in terms of role, I'm sort of interested to see if the Astros might finally allow Abreu to close because I do think he's better than Presley, but Presley's still uh, with the team through 2024 with a 2025 vesting option, and they're paying him a lot, $15 million a year, and he has been their closer for three and a half years now. So I, I don't see why they would turn away from him, but there is the possibility that you know, Abreu is the the next in line. And maybe if Presley starts to struggle, he's going to be 35 next year. But I think that's one that's going to be important to watch this offseason. I know they're still playing, so we, we still got more storylines to build. But that that could be really interesting because I think Brian Abreu could be like a, a top five closer in baseball if he does get that closing job outright. I would definitely enjoy to see it because, like I said, he's been that dominant. But we'll see. At least Presley has... His postseason hasn't exactly been a slouch either. He's been pretty sharp in this that series as well as the current series as we're recording here. Yeah, I feel like everyone wants to write off Ryan Presley. It's so, so it's like early, but he he's still been a really good reliever. Um, but yeah, I I mean Abreu is going to be the guy at some point. He's going to be closing for someone eventually. Yep, he's got that kind of stuff. But we'll stick in the American League and move over to the other side of Texas, where the Texas Rangers. Didn't even make it a didn't even make it uh, Baltimore make it a series. They swept the Orioles in three games. The bullpens were, you know, again, no nobody really blew it in terms of the bullpen. We were talking about how the uh, Orioles bullpen was going to be huge, and they had some stinkers, but some pretty big standouts. So again, in this series, when bullpens are going to be so important, what was uh, the big takeaways out in uh, Baltimore and Texas? Uh, I think, you know, LeClerc had a great series. He's had a great playoff so far. It's it's awesome to see his his turnaround. Um, you know, three innings pitch, two hits, one earned, three Ks, only one save, but that's because I mean the Rangers were fully in control of that series and mm-hmm. a couple of those games weren't close. So um, you know, Chapman still had a little bit of issues with walks and that's just playoff Chapman kind of yeah rearing its head. Um and it hasn't. I'm waiting for something to happen this series where it's like the Chapman experience, but still nothing really yet from him. Um, let's see, I mean, you know, Cody Bradford had a good series for them <laughs> as, as the lefty. Um, <laughs> I know we were, I, I try to call him, try not to call him Chad Bradford, um, <laughs> even though it's written out for you. <laughs> no, it's written right there. I just, if I see a reliever named C. Bradford, I want to say Chad Bradford. Um, but yeah, I, he just let up a huge home run to Jose Abreu in this current game, but uh, it was was good against the Orioles, and that's that's a team where you know having a couple good lefties in your bullpen really helped um, the Orioles lineup. Um, on the Orioles side, DL Hall though, look at that. I wonder that's another guy. What's his role going to be next season? Yeah. Is DL Hall going to be a reliever or a starter? I mean, they've kind of flipped them back and forth, back and forth for a while now. I wonder, I wonder if there's any shots that they just say, hey. He, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hang on to him in the bullpen. He, he's you know pretty dominant out there. The, you know, let's not you know keep going back and forth with the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was really good, and I I think uh, the, the fact that both of these that this was sort of like a, a series that relied on the bullpen was not because 
either of these bullpens were that good. I think this was mostly because it was like, who's going to crack first. And it didn't really come down to that because the, the Rangers offense was just so good that it didn't really end up mattering. They just crushed the whole time and the, and the rotation was able to hold things down while the Orioles were sort of um, an unproven team with, without a much, without much postseason experience. So that definitely took away from that. But yeah, I, I'm not sure if deal hall will be in the rotation. They, they, had the opportunity to do that this year. It's not like they had so many starters that they had no room for DL Hall in the rotation. But going into next year, it's like Cal Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, Dean Kramer, and John Means. So that fifth spot's open, but I hope this is a team that goes out and gets some pitching because that's, that's the big thing uh, right now that, that they're missing. So that, that might take something away there. I can't, can't remember if Kyle Gibson's going to be a free, a free agent. agent. He will be a he free agent. Too. Um, and then Cole Irvin, I, I don't think that's going to keep no. DL Hall out of the rotation. But so, so there are other options. Um, even in the minor leagues, they don't have too many guys. But if they don't add anybody, DL Hall could be in the rotation. But I think he's a guy that really profiles well as a reliever because he's got those control issues and he's got really great stuff. And he's proven so far that pitching out of the bullpen definitely makes him a better pitcher. And I think he could be really dominant whether or not he ends up being the closer, I think is up in the air too. I think that's a possibility with Felix Bautista out and Yenny or Cano, not really standing out since becoming the closer. Um, honestly, since, uh, he allowed his first run this past season. He's been pretty underwhelming in my books, but yeah, the the rest of that bullpen, I, I think the biggest thing here was, when I predicted the Rangers to take this one because the Orioles wouldn't have Felix Bautista, you can see that everybody moving up that bullpen ladder really took away from this bullpen. The depth of that bullpen was really good, but without Felix Bautista, the depth sort of disappears and you're relying on guys like Jacob Webb in, in big, big situations and he's given up, uh, you know, couple home runs in, in a couple mm-hmm. innings and you're relying on like Jack Flaherty out of the bullpen. So Brian Baker, not really uh, great. Yeah. But, I, Jose Leclerc's been crazy this postseason. He had pitched in every single game. He had closed out every single game prior to game three of the championship series. I think that was seven games in a row. I, I think that set an American League record. I'm not 100% sure on that. I thought I saw something about that. But yeah, he's been uh, very dominant. I think that does beg the question whether he will be the closer next year. Uh, clearly, the Rangers don't need help in many uh, facets of their team right now. They're, they're playing really well, but that bullpen is the clear area that is not great. Um, so hopefully they can bring somebody in and there's actually some great options. You know, if they got Robert Stevenson, that would be pretty, pretty awesome for them. But Jose Leclerc has, has proven that, you know, he probably should have been the closer all year long, but you mentioned Araldis Chapman's walk issues and that's definitely concerning because every time they call him out there, I'm just like, Oh no, well, that is not the move. Yeah, you never feel confident about him in the playoffs. No, no not in the slightest. Like you said, every single outing he had, it was he. It was a Houdini act. He would get somehow, somehow walk his way out where it wasn't a absolute disaster. But uh-huh. yeah, if you're Bruce Bochy, as we're recording this, I hope he's trusting to I've learned to not throw Chapman in any high leverage situation right mm-hmm. now. But you, you mentioned the Orioles. I'm very yeah. curious what they do next year for closer. Do they? Like say promote a DL Hall, do they keep Cano, or do they go get one of the one year relievers like a Kenley Jansen or I think Craig Kimbrell was on a one year contract, somebody like that, just to shore up that back end uh, for next year. They're going to be a team to watch during the off season, as well as 
you need starting pitching because yeah. that was your big bugaboo. If you go into rotation without getting one of the big starters, and I'm not just talking about that piece, you need to go get an Aaron Nola or a Blake Snell or some surefire ace to start this rotation, and then the Orioles will be absolutely back in the same position next yeah. year. They got to spend some money uh, on a starter, and I think they do bring in like a Kimbrell, a one-year stopgap. I mean, Hall could be the guy, but I think that like they're proven that they can win now bring in a one-year guy until Batista's back in 25 and, you know, hopefully bridge that bridge that gap. As far as Leclerc goes, I think he, he's got a $6.25 million op player, uh, c- club option. I think they'll pick that up at this oh, point. Yeah. Going into the playoffs, I wasn't sure, but now after what he's done, I think they'll pick it up. Well, 6.25 is cheap. Trevor May was 7 mil last year. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But, um... Yeah, I guess the Rangers are are willing to spend money at this point. Yeah, yeah, they they probably would have sure. kept them anyway. Yeah, he's he's pitched well enough where I think they should pick that up. But again, if he's not picked up, then keep an eye on them to add a Kimbrel or a Jansen or one of the uh, or Robert Stevenson, which I know you're trying to will fully into existence. But any I think save yeah, any save situation for him. Ooh, put so, him on the Red Sox. Well, Jansen's still here for another year. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Is he? I could go as a one-year deal. Maybe I'm no, wrong, he's. It's. I don't know if it's an option or not, but I'm. Pre- I'm ah, pretty okay. certain he's back. Yeah. Well, if there were two series, I think we might have found the uh, in the pen darling for next year. I think we're all. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say salivating, but DL Hall might be a guy that we're yep. circling as give him the uh, close. He might be our Hunter Harvey for 2024. Just very very early calls. We're recorded mid October, but uh, I hope he does get a. A chance because I am very impressed with the stuff. But we'll take a quick break and get back, move over to the National League and recap that wild series, include those series, including uh, the one that made Jake as happy as I've ever heard from him. All right, we'll kick off with that series uh, where Jake's uh, Los Angeles Dodgers got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And again, Jake was as happy as I've ever heard him seeing the Dodgers get swept. A lot of exciting bullpen usage there. The Dodger Diamondbacks continue to have their bullpen be a key part to their postseason run, and it was the same thing as they swept the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, they had to use their bullpen because they couldn't get a starter to get out of the early <laughs> innings. So, yes, they yeah, let you kick this one off because this was a <laughs> this your series you're watching closely. Any big uh, takeaways on the other side here? Uh, yeah, the Dodgers stink. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was it was great to watch. I mean, I, I'm still kicking myself over not uh, picking them to lose, but you know that that sort of gave me uh, more of a reason to to root for root against them because you know I'd rather be wrong than have the Dodgers win. Um, but yeah, that it was super cool. I mean, the, the fact that it was like first inning every time, so it was like I turn on the game and then immediately just be super pumped. And the best part, there uh, we had a a former housemate visiting and he's a Dodgers fan. So I just got to be like, Hey, Micah, guess what? It's uh five to zero <laughs> in the first <laughs> inning. It was, it was so wonderful, but yeah, they, I mean, they clearly, that was their weakness, the, the starting pitching and it, and it really bit them. So it didn't, like you said, it didn't really matter what the bullpen did. And it was pretty shut down. The, the back end of their bullpen was good, but they never really had uh, a lead to hold. Joe Kelly was pretty good. Ferguson, Groudwell, and Phillips, all very solid as well, but it, it did not matter. And none of their long guys uh, like Sheehan or Grove could really do anything about it either. Um, and the fact that the Diamondbacks were holding such comfortable leads, they really didn't have to do much. They did get a couple saves from Paul Seawald, but I mean, that's like 
it's not a situation where the manager is sweating like, oh man, who am I going to turn to in the ninth inning? Yeah, clearly Paul Seawald. Um, <laughs> I think I saw a meme about that where it's just like, um, it was just like a, a one manager versus another manager, and then it was just like the D-backs manager being like, oh, I'm going to throw Paul Seawald in the ninth inning. Um, that was a beautiful explanation of a meme. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a, a really great fun series. Um, really made my week um, to get the Dodgers out of the postseason. As always, I mean, Kershaw in game one, that was, that was, that was mm. crazy. Just, I mean, it's like I forget every year how bad he is in the postseason. And then he comes in and he does that like hands on his knees thing and then goes in the dugout with his hat off and just like puts his head in his hands it's all it's always uh it's always really funny but uh yeah i mean i wouldn't really say there's too many bullpens bullpen standouts other than like kevin ginkle and paul seawald being solid at the back end yeah seawald and ginkle were great um uh, all-star joe mantiply was fine you know yeah, thank like, you the, the, they've been able to lean on him a little bit more um in the playoffs good to see because the regular season i mean he was in the minors for a while they didn't really trust him all of a sudden, so between him and Sal Frank, they you know they have their two lefties there, um, which is weird because Kyle Nelson got like the majority of holds from the left side for them all season long. But um, yeah, the Dodgers bullpen was—I mean, yeah, like it wasn't the Dodgers bullpen fault this series. It was you know strictly came down to their starting their starters and um, yeah, I mean Kelly and Phillips and Gratterall look fine. Um, be interesting to see. Yeah, it's you know the Dodgers are going to probably spend a ton of money this offseason now that they've disappointed a couple years in a row here. So I'm sure the rotation will be better next year. Interesting to see if they'll have, if they'll they'll spend on any bullpen help. They didn't this year, um, which didn't hurt them. I mean their bullpen was fine. They were able to piece it together. They you know added Kelly at the deadline. Brazier was a huge pickup. Uh, Alex Vesia had a huge kind of second half. He, he really turned things around. He's you know. They have pieces there in the bullpen. It's just you know the rotation, and it's going to have to be better to get them back to a uh, disappointing Jake. <laughs> yes, watch them very closely. They've got the money to spend, and there's certain free agents that are going to be uh, out there that'll cost a lot of Stop. money that may no. end up in LA. But, no, you're going to will um, it into existence. If Shohei goes on the Dodgers, I'm never watching baseball again. Well, then we might be down one co-host, but maybe once, <laughs> it, once the postseason starts, once the free agency starts, maybe we'll do a little free agency uh, predictions for the major yeah. guys. But um, yeah, I'm very interested what the Dodgers do. I would love to see them add some bullpen help just for our sake, but like you said, their bullpen was pretty solid without the lockdown closer, so they can piece it together for the, uh, for, for the rest of 2024. But speaking of solid bullpens, the Philadelphia Phillies... Um, what a difference a year makes. That's our year or two makes. Their bullpen is uh, one of the many highlights of the Philadelphia Phillies, probably the World Series favorites right now. They defeat the Atlanta Braves in four games where the only blemish was game two when Zach Wheeler got taken out and they gave up their one run of the entire series. Uh, Phillies bullpen was absolutely dominant. Braves bullpen was pretty solid itself for the most part, but boy, the Phillies have been uh, fun to watch. John Justin that series, but the, Dime, the series against the Diamondbacks right now as we're recording this, it's been lights out in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen has been kind of what we had talked about, what we expected um, up until, I guess, up until today, which, you know, today was, 
you know, or Orion, they put Kirk Herring into a, a kind of a tough spot. I'm not sure why he was pitching the seventh inning of, uh, in that game. I, I mean, um, the, I don't know if you bring Alvarado in. I think you could bring in Alvarado that early. I don't see why that, that doesn't hurt. Um, but so tough to ask him to hold a two run lead or a one run lead and, you know, game, what is it, game four of the NLCS when he hadn't really pitched in the regular season at all. So, um, but outside of him and Kimbrel today, yeah, they've been they've been lights out, and I mean, it's just one through six or seven. It's it's there's a lot of guys that can get outs in a variety of different ways. They have a lot of strikeout guys. They have you know guys can get ground balls when needed. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez had four Ks, but he allowed four hits. I I still kind of he's the one guy, the other guy that you know outside of you know. Kirkering, who just doesn't have experience, but Dominguez is still a little shaky to me. But other than that, like Matt Strom, I have full confidence in now. I feel um, they they ask him to get big outs, he does. I mean, Alvarado's been great, and for the most part, Kimbrel has been too. So yeah, that's Philly's bullpen is it's the reason why I still think that they're going to win the World Series, and um, you know, also you know, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler doesn't hurt either, but it's the bullpen that just kind of ties it all together. Yeah, that team is so exciting to watch, and I, I think the the bullpen additions were the big difference for me in, in touting them as the team that was going to win the World Series. Not not to count out Trey Turner and and Brandon Marsh yeah. and, and Bryson Stott's breakouts, but yeah, that that bullpen is the biggest difference. Thirteen and two thirds scoreless innings pitched in the division series, just really incredible work there, and I, that makes them so unstoppable. And even if they do, even if they have lost. Uh, a game to the Braves and to the Diamondbacks. Uh, they're just, they're, they're so tough to beat in, in a whole series. And with the way Nick Castellanos was playing, I mean, he's yeah. just, he's keeping the, uh, uh, and that'll be a 4 0 ball game meme alive, just, uh, <laughs> just with the world in, in total. Uh, disarray right now he's become Barry Bonds and it's 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 somewhat funny that it, it, it makes light of a of a tough situation in the world but he, he's he's doing some crazy stuff and with his son there to see it I think that's been really great and, and that whole team is just absolutely incredible and super fun to watch and this bullpen is super shut down you you don't even have to pick out one guy you can just group them all together um, but yeah I mean Kirkering that it's crazy how good he is, but also that they're really turning to him in high leverage situations because it's not like they don't have other guys. They've got one of the best closers of all time, as well as a bunch of setup guys that are completely shut down. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think they got a pretty good shot of of winning out that series. And I I guess on the brave side, there's not much to talk about because uh, they were sort of manhandled by the Phillies. They won that one game and it seemed like it was lucky because the rest of them weren't really too close and and that bullpen couldn't really do anything about it. And there wasn't really anybody that stand out. And it's interesting because this is a bullpen that for most of the season seemed like very solid um, one that you could really trust. And then you go into the bullpen and I don't, I wouldn't, you go into the postseason. I wouldn't say that disappeared, but I think you can start seeing the cracks in it where you're not super enamored with many of the guys on the team. Rizal Iglesias is great. And AJ Minter is pretty solid when he's on, but the rest of that team is, I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's got like this feeling of, like boring veterans where it's like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say they're boring, but just like you look at Kirby Yates, he doesn't really get you excited. Same with Joe Jimenez and, and just a couple other guys that, that aren't really super notable. And, and you start to think, Oh, like, yeah, they piece together a, a bullpen that 
help them win a ton of games during the regular season, but it's a, a pretty boring group. So I, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they make a, a big addition or two in the, offseason or if days bell hernandez who tossed a, a scoreless mm-hmm. inning is the the next big guy in that bullpen but I, I, i'm not sure about that one because they're they're gonna lose some guys in in the offseason right uh jimenez, jimenez is a Pierce johnson free agent. Pierce kirby johnson Yates, kirby Yates, Yates, not? yeah he might be right yeah. Hand. yeah so we we may see a completely new look atlanta braves bullpen next year because i think the only real guys that are going to be sitting staying around are like rice iglesias and the rest of those guys are are veterans and i they don't really have enough starters that they can just turn them all into relievers they do have a lot of starters but they mm-hmm. are sort of struggling in that department especially if charlie morton retires um because kyle wright is out for the whole season so there will be a situation where they're gonna have to make some additions to that bullpen so that could actually be a little bit exciting so we'll, we'll see who they who they add there would you say the Phillies bullpen is AO AOK? Uh I wouldn't say that, but I would agree yeah. with it. Yeah, <laughs> that song is another one. Living in the Pennsylvania area, that his walk up song and dancing on my own are having in my head the entire postseason run, and I can't say I'm complaining about it. It is it is catchy. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what the uh Braves will do this offseason. It's now two straight years now of getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the those same Philadelphia Phillies, so I gotta fi- figure something out. That's that's for sure. So we'll see what a uh, what direction they go in. We'll take our one final break, then we'll get into the uh, championship series. Any standouts from that? I know it's still early, but we'll do a quick thing there. Then we'll have some fun with uh, legally or takeaways. Any names that we want to highlight based off of uh, the 2023 regular season. All right, we'll move to the championship series where we talked a lot about it, so there might not be too much more to add, but we'll start in the American League where the Rangers, as we record this, have a, a two-to-one series lead, but by the time you're listening to us, you'll know what happened in game four. As we're recording right now, it's currently 7-3 Astros where the Rangers bullpen did Rangers bullpen stuff and uh, blew the lead as long as Andrew Heaney doing Andrew Heaney type stuff and not mm-hmm. getting out of the first inning, so... Same thing, not a lot to take away, but is there anything you have taken away from these first couple games out in the Battle of Texas? Um, You know, I think from the bullpen standpoint, it's been pretty, pretty low. I mean, Naris allowed a big home run, but um, outside of that, these, these bullpens have been pretty much as expected. Uh, you know, again, no, no walks from Chapman yet. So there's that. He hasn't, you know, completely gone full Chapman mode yet. But um, they're still trusting him in high leverage spots. And again, it's just I feel like later in the series, now that it's going to be 2-2 probably, you know, at some point in the series, he's going to be an issue for the Rangers, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's still early, but everyone else, it's it's, it's been pretty low-key in this, in this series, I think. Um, nothing really else to take away. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we never made predictions for this series, oh, but yes, you guys no. have predictions <laughs> for who do you think is going to take this and, and go to the World Series. I think we definitely would have had different answers a couple days ago mm-hmm. when it was 2-0 Rangers. But um, yeah, at this point, it's it's 
sort of anybody series. I, I told you guys this stat before the podcast, but I'll say it again for the listeners. Only two teams since 2000 have come back from a 2-0 deficit in a seven games series. And it was the 2004 Red Sox and the 2020 Dodgers. Uh, obviously, we know when the Red Sox did that, but the Dodgers did it against the Braves in the NLCS. And the Astros will be the third team. Yeah. Um, I think the Astros and I think the Astros are going to end up losing to the Phillies in the World Series. I'm sticking with that. Um, it's again, I mean, I think that's it's great for our show. I think those are the two best bullpens in the in the playoffs. So uh, good to see them both making, you know, making it to the World Series potentially. Um, give us a lot to talk about in two weeks as well. Yeah, Astros were my pick at the beginning of this postseason. They're my pick to represent the American League at the beginning of the regular season. I've got to stick with them. They'll, if this game goes as we're expecting it to go right now, they'll have all the momentum with a Justin Verlander start coming up in Game 5. All they got to do, if that goes how I'm thinking it's going to go, is win one game in Houston. It's going to go 7. I think Texas will take one of these next two games and make a 7-game series, but Mm -hmm. I can't. As much as I don't like want to, I, I can't pick against Houston. It's just yeah. that juggernaut that just doesn't go away and makes me sad. Yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for the Rangers, but I, I think at the beginning of the postseason, I had uh, Astros losing to the Phillies, so I'll, I'll stick with that as well. Over to the National League, where again, you guys talked a lot about the, or a little bit about the Phillies. Uh, one issue is. Um, or one issue of a series for bullpen was game three, where the uh, Diamondbacks won on a walk-off by Cattell Marte. So as we're recording this, the Phillies have a two-to-one series lead over the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks will be going to a bullpen game in game four with all-star Joe Mantiply starting. So great for our brand. Uh, I'll say that. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. A lot of props. It's not a reliever, but Brennan Fott. Good for you. Really yeah. good start in game three when... I really didn't expect much from Brandon Fine, I'm not gonna lie. So really stepped up. It was a great uh it's great great performance there. So let's see where uh, where that'll end up. But again, any takeaways and like Jake said, is what, what's your prediction? Is this gonna be over before it gets back to Philly or does the Diamondbacks at least get it back to Philadelphia? Uh I, I think it gets back to Philly now that this was the game that they you know I it, it's weird that they lose the gallon and Kelly starts, but then Brandon Fock comes and pitches the game of his career and they win that game. Um, so now, you, you know, a bullpen game tomorrow. I'm not too confident in the Diamondbacks winning. Um, but I think that I think get, getting gallon back against Wheeler, I think there's a chance there maybe at home uh, to get it back to Philly. Um, I don't know this, this, this chaos, this chaos ball of, of Arizona. It's hard to predict. I mean, no one really gave him a chance against the, the, the Dodgers. No, a lot of people didn't. I didn't give him a chance against the Brewers originally. I didn't think they would win that series. So, um, it, they're they're a fun team to watch. I think they could sneak out one more win in in Arizona and get get the thing back to to Philly. On my other podcasts, I had Phillies in five. I'm going to stick with that. I think they win the next two because that bullpen game, I have a feeling it's not going to go too well. And then they can really just go with a 3-1 lead. They can go with anybody in that final game, but I'm sure they'll try to win it as quickly as possible to give them a little bit of rest heading into the World Series. But I think they'll they'll have a pretty easy time taking the the series in two more games. Yeah, I, I think Phillies... We'll take this. I 
I'll take it to go back to Philadelphia. I I, I kind of want to see the Phillies win it at home, but it's true. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll still take the the Phillies. Diamondbacks will find some way to win, likely maybe game five at home. Although I don't fully trust it if it's going in Zach Wheeler, but just for winning it at home and getting to hear dancing on my own in Philadelphia, I will pick the Philadelphia Phillies as well. So it seems like we're all lining it up to be an Astros Phillies World Series. Since it's possible that we won't be recording by the time, uh, you know, the World Series may be over by <laughs> our next podcast. I don't think it will be, but you never know. Let's just put our World Series predictions on the record real fast. Phillies Astros, since we're all predicting it, who wins the 2024 World or 2023 World Series? Phillies in five. Phillies in six. I wanted to win it in Philly. <laughs> Phillies in six. So, yeah, looks like we're all all Philadelphia fans for the rest of this postseason, and I'm not going to complain about that. So we got a little bit of time before the end of this episode, so we'll take a step back from the postseason and talk about some takeaways from 2023, particularly the league leaders, and start giving you a few names to put in the memory bank to look to put to circle on your draft board circle on your list as you do very very early draft prep but uh we know a lot of you are sickos like us and i've already started your 2024 uh, draft prep so let's take a look back at the league leaders we'll start out in k percentage got a whole list you can look at it but Rather than read through it all, I'll just turn it over to uh, the experts. Guys, on the, of the league leaders, especially in K percentage, any names jump out as someone we need to circle going into uh, the early draft season? Someone who we need to... Who didn't get enough credit for how good their season was. Yeah, I think... I mean, a lot of these guys aren't going to be big um, saves targets, so we're going to really, really be diving deeper into holes holds options that you know you could probably find late in drafts or for free and you know for on free on the on waivers so um you know obviously the top three here are felix batista Raldis chapman robert stevenson obviously you know De- devin williams number four big 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 names there then on hell perdoma is fifth on this list at 37.6 percent um also had a csw of 33.7 percent Big lefty that the Pirates, I think, claimed off waivers from uh, Milwaukee. So he came up in that Milwaukee system. Um, you know, they've had a great track record of, you know, churning out relievers. So Perdomo's an interesting setup man potentially next year for the Pirates. Um, you know, other, you know, Brock Stewart's the, on this list in the top 10, 35.8% K rate. He, he dealt with some injuries in the second half, but. He looked pretty good in the playoffs for the most part. Um, if he's healthy next year, he'll definitely be in a setup role for the Twins. Um, probably, you know, him and Griffin Jacks will probably be the two top setup men there. So Brock Stewart's a name to keep an eye on. We saw him just, you know, bump up his fastball um, velocity huge this 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 offseason. Um other than that, it's a lot of the names that you know we see at the top of the saves list. You know, um, you know Matt Brash is on here. Joe Kelly again, kind of a uh, Statcast darling. Um, you know, Pierce Johnson too had a really good once he moved over to Atlanta. He kind of had a really good rest of the season for them. Um, you know, throws his curveball like eighty percent of the time, but 
big big strikeout numbers from him in the second half. Yeah, you you got pretty much everyone. Every, everyone else on here is people that we have talked about at length across yeah. the regular season or, like you said, are pretty well known because they get saves. But I, I think Stevenson and Perdomo up in the top five are ones that are going to be pretty key this offseason. Perdomo, Perdomo mostly in save plus holds leagues because I doubt he displaces David Bednar, but no. You know, a 37.5% strikeout rate is no joke. It was only across 29 innings pitch, but the fact that he had the CSW numbers to back it up definitely lends credence to the fact that he's uh, a legit guy there. He's uh, 29 years old, so we'll, we'll see how that goes next season. But definitely a a very, very under-the-radar name that, that could be worth keeping an eye on that you could get a pretty decent discount on in drafts later this offseason. But Robert Stevenson definitely proved to be a legit guy there um, with a 38.3% strikeout rate. Um, I, I think even if you... I think if you change it from after he left... Where was he in the beginning of the offseason? Or beginning of the season? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Um, I, I think if you change it from when he was just on the Rays, he might be number two in strikeout rate or at least a yeah. little bit higher in the 40s. Uh, he is one of the best relievers in baseball, mostly based off his performance with the Rays. But if he's able to carry those gains over into the next season and can get a role on a team where he can be a closer, I, I think that really depends on what he desires in the offseason. Is he going to want to go to a competitor where maybe there's already a closer solidified there so he won't be taking over that role or if he goes to a team that's that's looking for a closer and obviously there are some competitors that could use a closer like the rangers like we mentioned earlier but th- this is a guy that could be a huge difference maker in the offseason and i think like if you're doing early drafts even let's say like in january for like tgfbi or something late january early february he might not sign yet, and that will be a guy that you can really stake your claim on and get an even bigger discount before he signs because I think some people will have those reservations of whether or not he is going to be a closer somewhere else. But yeah, it's, uh, that's that's one that's going to be really interesting. I, I feel like Rick's going to get a lot of shares of him. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, there's, there's some very interesting names lower on the list that I think we'll be able to dive into more so later in the offseason. Julian Merriweather, I think, is one of them, especially... Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a setup guy there um but there there's there's tons of fun names on here strikeouts are the best you mentioned early drafts and this is just a good reminder to keep an eye out for uh the podcast this off season the pitcherless staff just participated in the first uh or way too early 2024 mock and Nick will actually be hosting podcasts for Every single, all 12 teams breaking down pick by pick, where rosters, all of that. A lot of interesting uh, reliever talk, which we're going to get into. We want to break it down. Rick mentioned uh, Robert Stevenson. He may or may not have gotten him on his team, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, one guy on the list is um, our boy Pete Fairbanks. And uh, not to spoil anything, but Rick's got a very interesting ranking for Pete Fairbanks going into 2024, it sounds like. So. We're going to definitely just a little tease. We'll want to keep an eye out, see how high can Rick possibly rank our our boy and how close can you put him to Robert Stevenson, depending on where he goes. When are those coming out, Rick? So, yeah, I got a little delayed this past week with COVID kind of set me back, but um, I'm hoping to have them out next week or at the very latest, the the week after, but I'm hoping for next week. 
cool. And, yeah. and once they do come out, you bet that Jake and I will be ripping them apart and asking Rick to yes. defend himself. So we'll make a whole podcast out of that, out of those. Both Jake and Rick participated in those drafts while I was just a neutral observer enjoying uh, seeing how everything went. So we'll break down the reliever part of it, compare it to Rick's ranks and do a whole, I don't know, series, but an episode, maybe even two going into those uh, as we start to prepare for 2024. So just a little tease there for what's coming out with a pitcher list. The last set we'll probably get into with how much time we have left is similar, but we want to look at swing strike rate. I'm going to make a rule that we can't talk about Robert Stevenson anymore because he (laughs) is uh, number one on this list. He's very good. And I think you know that this is Rick's darling. So, uh, yeah, Robert Stevenson is also very, very good. But besides Robert Stevenson, Rick, anybody stand out on this list as uh, we didn't talk about for K percentage as someone we need to circle going into 2024? Yeah, an- another another uh, free agent to be uh, Keenan Middleton. I think you know 18.6 percent swinging strike rate, which ranked eighth uh, eighth here among relievers. Um, really great bounce back season from him, and you know he did it both in Chicago and then when he went to New York, he, he pitched well there too. Um, free agent to be with closing experience. I would definitely, you know, he's he's an interesting late round target uh, in early drafts until we find out where he he ends up because the problem is right now there's not a ton of real there's not a ton of openings for cl- like the closer role. Just looking at it on paper, so between you know there's a lot of good options in free agency. I was not sure how many you know guys are going to fit into, you know, a, a closer role somewhere, but Middleton's, you know, experience, big strikeout numbers, um, could be a sneaky pick for someone, uh, outside of that, you know, a lot of the similar names, Jeff Hoffman, you know, we've talked about him a little bit. He's having a great year. He's the Phillies are trusting him in, you know, huge spots in the playoffs as well. Uh, he, he just kind of like, a. Similar to Stevenson with his breakout this year, but you know maybe not on the same level. Um, who else is on here? Jojo Romero, I think someone that we should not forget about, especially in save plus holes leagues. Helsley will continue to be the closer there next season as long as he's healthy, but Romero's definitely earned a chance to be a, a setup option for St. Louis with you know between him and Gallegos and um, Helsley. That's a pretty good you know back you know. Um, top three in, in your bullpen to, to turn to. So, you know, hopefully if the Cardinals get back on track next year, those three will have a big, you know, big part in it. Um, yeah, other than that, it's kind of the same, same, same names that we've seen. Uh, Jake, you have anything else on here that interests you? Yeah, no, I'll stick with the uh, Cardinals theme here and mention Giovanni Gallegos, yeah. who's at seventh uh, with an 18.8% swinging strike rate. And I think this is interesting because in the same way that FIP or XFIP or other ERA estimators can help you predict an ERA for the following season, I think swinging strike rate is a very good predictor for strikeout rate. And yeah. this is a good way to find underperformers. So obviously you have the guys on the top and it's like Stevenson, Bautista, those guys were on in the top three in strikeout rate. So there, there's nothing a miss there, but then you go to Giovanni Gallegos at seventh in between Andres Munoz and Keenan Middleton, who both had very high strikeout rates. And Gallegos had a strikeout rate that was just 25.8%. That was like 120th amongst relievers. Nothing special, but with a strikeout rate that high and a swinging, uh, a, a CSW rate that suggests that he's not bad in the called strike department either. 
I, this is a guy that I think really underperformed in the strikeout department, and it, and it did help him. It did make it so that he underperformed throughout the year. This is a guy that was a thirty percent, thirty plus percent strikeout rate guy over the past four seasons, and uh, as his ERA rose over two for the first time in I think ever. You can blame it on the lack of strikeouts, but you can also blame the lack of strikeouts on poor luck because this guy is still striking out or inducing a lot of whiffs. He actually induced the most whiffs that he ever has in a full season. The only other highest rate was in 2020, but obviously that was a half season. Um, so that suggests that he should have had a much higher swinging strike rate. So, or a strikeout rate. So I think that's a guy that while he won't be closing, I think the his demise might be a little bit overblown and he should have a bounce back season next year, at least in the strikeout rate department. And then I'll also mention one other guy and that's at 29th. We have Phil Maton. Uh, he was on the Astros. He was tied for 28th with a 16.4% swinging strike rate. And I mentioned him not because he will be a big setup guy or, or a closer for the Astros next year, but because he will be a free agent this offseason. And he's a pretty under the radar guy that I think if he gets picked up by the right team could be pretty interesting. Uh, he's had a sub four ERA over the past two seasons, uh, his first two full seasons with the Astros and the strikeout rate has been pretty solid 26 and 27% respectively the past two seasons. And while the walks aren't, aren't super great and his, his whip isn't amazing. I think the fact that he's got the swinging strike, uh, abilities and he's got incredible weak contact abilities. His hard contact rate was fourth amongst relievers at 14.2%. I think this is an under the radar guy that I think honestly, not even big like bullpen guys might, might not be super familiar with him that this is, if he ends up in the right situation, he might not close, but maybe he does. If, if, the guy ahead of him isn't super locked down or he could be an elite setup guy that I, I think a lot of people won't see coming. So I, I think we'll have to keep an eye on where he ends up in free agency and, and sort of keep him on the back of our minds once the season gets going. Yeah. And I'll mention as much as we don't want to Rawls Chapman was top five in both swing and strike percentage and CSW. He's going to be a free agent and we talk about there will be some teams who will need a closer. It wouldn't fully shock me if, uh, if Chapman gets himself another one-year deal and is in the mix for saves next year. So you might not want to draft him, and I fully get it. But just so for those who do want to roll Chapman on your roster, he he may get himself a, a contract to be in the closer mix. So then he does get a strike. Had a real solid year statistically, friend at least in the regular season. So just just a reminder that he will still poke his way around somewhere in the major leagues this uh, this mm. season and. Be a be a, a source for saves, whether it's taking a job outright or in a committee somewhere. He'll still have relevance next year, as much as we would love for him just to uh, go away. <laughs> but that's gonna do it for this episode of In the Pen. We'll get into some more stats as we go along in the off season. You know, there's so many numbers we can look into, and we got a whole off season to do so. So it'll be a good way to take a look at guys who. Uh, flew under the radar that we need to go look at for 2024 before we wrap up guys as usual let's plug where uh, anything that you currently have going on outside of the ranks or where you can find on twitter and uh anything anything else you got uh yeah so we uh, you can find me on twitter at i am rick graham um 
I will have rankings out. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully within the next week. Um, other than that, looking forward to first pitch Arizona coming up where I'll be meeting Jake. I'll be meeting, you know, a bunch of people from pitcher list, a bunch of people from, you know, other, you know, the, the rest of the industry and looking forward to, uh, you know, that experience for the first time. And yeah. And eventually we'll, we'll talk about our first mock draft and, you know, give you guys some, some details on where relievers were going in that. Yeah, definitely come say hi to us. If you are coming to first pitch Arizona, yeah. feel free to reach out on Twitter or whatever. I think Rick's speaking on the first day, aren't you? Yeah, on the first day. Yeah. We're, uh, um, me and, uh, Michael Carter, uh, Mike Carter, we're, we're going to, we're going to be talking about holds too. First time ever nice. at first pitch Arizona. We're going to have a little, side session about holds so come come meet come find us on thursday i think it's four o'clock uh yeah. we'll be talking so yeah nice. we'll have some good stuff for you jake if you can uh, yeah if you can send me a, a dm or hit me up on discord of the uh, guys he mentions just so i can circle on my <laughs> list <since> I, <laughs> okay. I don't have the luxury uh, of being out there if you guys but yeah i'm i'll, I'll, I'll discreetly have, record it Thank I won't you. say yeah, Robert I, Stevenson's name. <laughs> well, I know he's going to be a saves guy. That's it's why. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it's going to take a lot for you, but I definitely yeah. have a FOMO and all that. I will be upset not to miss to be missing out on that. That's going to be mm-hmm. an awesome time. I'm jealous of both. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to come say hi to me. I'm the goofy looking guy with a mustache and glasses. Um, the mustache is, I've been working on it for a while. You guys are going to be. Uh, well, Rick will be impressed. I think, um, I know he's a beard guy, better <laughs> facial hair than I have, but you know, I've been working on the mustache, but you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Uh, I do a podcast, uh, semi often during the off season. It's called free baseball. You can find that on my Twitter, um, or on my website, crumplerbaseball.com, where you can find all of my work, uh, baseball HQ stuff and all the pictureless stuff that I do. Uh, over on the website there. So uh, if you're looking out for my podcast and on the corner, when I talk about my mock draft with Nick, that'll be on there as well. But yeah, uh, tune into this podcast. I think more so than all the other ones. Yes. Yeah. And you can find me at Callan underscore Elslager. The show at in the pen pod will be continuing by weekly podcasts. And before you know it, it's going to be, you know, like Jake said, getting ready for 2024 so uh it's slowly sneaking up on us enjoy the rest of the postseason or as much as we get to before our next episode let's go phillies it sounds like from this uh podcast but hey let's just hope for some exciting series that can go six seven games and give us some memorable moments because i feel like we've had a, a few but nothing not the usual but it's been a great postseason nonetheless but once again thank you for tuning in to in the pen and we'll talk to you uh in a few weeks. <laughs>